Ladies and gentlemen, once again, you are listening to In Your Head with Shannon Stanford. I am your host, Shannon Stanford. <clears throat> and uh, before this episode gets started, I want to take some time to talk about how, uh, you know, a, a few things that's happened lately in this world is it's, it bothers me. Um, I had a uh, conversation with a friend of mine, and uh, I was telling her how I needed to leave work just a little bit early so I can go pick up my kids, and it kind of triggered her, and she started acting like really upset, and she had to she walked away. Now I wasn't quite sure what had happened but then it kind of dawned on me about how I was talking about picking up my kids and basically just giving my all to my kids and she didn't have that growing up and it like I guess it really got to her it really bothered her and it made me so uh, sad in a sense that, like, I understood what it was, what it's like to not be raised by, like, a dad. Um, you know, mine wasn't there that much or a lot at all. You know, like, I was raised by my mom. You know, like, most people that listen to the show know that. But I forget just how much. Like, there are so many people out there that have not, that don't have a dad out there. And, um, you know, the show will probably be, will, will be aired well after Father's Day. And it's just, um, you forget how important the role of a father is to, to young ladies, to young men. And how much that does affect who you become in life. So it's it hurts me in, in a sense that there's so many people out there of all races that don't that don't have a father figure. But I and I hope that one day you find somebody out there that you view as a father figure you know that that inspires you that pushes you that wants to be that wants to just see you rise i've been blessed these last couple years to kind of take some young women under my wing and kind of give them maybe the attention and the respect and the desire to see them grow as people um and they have all viewed me as a father and our father figure and it's it's really honoring it's really touching and then um while this episode will air in july as of right now in june we are in the midst of this horrible, horrible thing that's going on 
last week I talked about how I just don't understand racism. I mean, I've been horribly taxed with the mindset of being able to see both sides of every argument. But I don't see the side of an argument for racism or sexism or homophobia or religious arguments. I mean, you love who you love. You are who you are. And you pray to or don't pray to whatever it is that you want. It's about being accepted for everything that you are. And yeah, I mean, I have some conservative ide ideals that I, that I hold dear. But I've always been a very open-minded person. I believe in being okay with not knowing everything. Not looking down on people for anything. Whether it's your race or who you are in love with. Or who you pray to. Or fuck where you come from. It's just not, not who I am. I come from... You know, I, in the wrestling industry, you know, like I'm around, like I was around so many different types of people. I was around uh, homosexuals. You know what? Some of those guys are my best friends. Some of those gay men are like some of my best friends. Hell, I've got lesbian friends. And how once have I ever given a fuck who they go to bed with or who they are in love with? I'm in a locker room with. Black men, Mexican men, Latino women, or I'm sorry, Latinas, like, like ah, black women, Japanese, Asian, I mean, uh, uh, anyone. I, I've been in the locker room with all of them. You know what? They're all amazing people. I mean, yeah, in the wrestling business, it's a little cutthroat and you can't really trust everybody, but that's just the business. It's not the person. In this life, we should always want what's best for the for each other. Because that's the only way that we're going to get through this life. We are always and will forever be better together. And this whole racist mindset needs just to go away. What happened to George Floyd in Minneapolis was a fucking disgrace to the world. It should have never fucking happened. And for the most part, I've been very impressed and proud of how we've handled it. But there's also a lot of things that I was not on board with. But I've always been very much with the mindset of educate me, don't belittle me. I'm not right all the time and how I feel may not be the right response but and that's and that's okay I don't understand racism I just don't this world is just fucking just bonkers this year has just been fucking bonkers and I just I don't get it I uh I'm 
I don't understand a lot of things in this world. Like, I don't understand how someone can hate someone. No, don't get me wrong. There's a, a lot of people I just do not like. I dislike. I have absolute contentment for a lot of people. A lot of types of people. But not a race. Not a sex. Not a religious ideology. I don't... I dislike stupid. I dislike people that ha want to harm people for the sake of their amusement and their joy and getting off on it. It is... It is not the America that I thought that I knew. In this world, that's what this is. I don't I don't get this this world anymore. But anyway. I want to uh take some time to introduce uh my guest for this show. His name Well, I met him as Beef. We met in the world of professional wrestling, but he is so much more than a wrestler. He is a DJ. He's a... I think he's... Uh, you know, uh, the, the man's done a lot. Uh, he's an amazingly funny and talented guy, and he's has he's got this incredible story, and I feel like everybody would love this guy as much as I do. He's an amazing guy. Jim Lamore is who's on the show and i can't wait to get inside his head so ladies and gentlemen let's get to it is there anything you don't want to talk about ladies and gentlemen my friend jim is here joining me today um jim how are you today uh you know i'm as good as i can be a lot of craziness going on in the world right now but i've always been a person to find some type of positivity and everything that's going on so just trying to keep my head up and stay positive yeah it's a it has been a crazy time um uh, i in my intro i uh i talked about how uh like I'm a person that can understand a lot of things uh, on both sides of almost every argument, except whenever it comes to like racism. I just I just don't get it. So um, uh, I don't get that. I don't get the other argument other than the fucking fact that it's wrong. So, right. <laughs> um, but that's actually not the reason why I actually wanted you on the show. Is that as like we've known each other for oh god for several years now. Um, you've always been one of the, like, the most interesting people that I've, uh, I've ever known, uh, cause you, you do a lot of things. So, um, and I, and I honestly just wanted to know a lot more about you and I wanted the people that listen to the show to know, uh, to know you as well. So, um, so let's first and, uh, first start with, uh, what was your childhood like? Oh, uh, childhood was, you know, it was, uh. It was resourceful and it was busy. To say the least, I was always involved in something, and that was more so uh, to keep me out of the streets, to keep me out of trouble. 
growing up in, in North Omaha was just kind of one of those things where you want your child to be involved in as much as possible because the less time that they have to be involved in negativity and the more positivity you push on them, the better it would be. So growing up in church, growing up doing sports, extracurricular activities, just being as involved as possible ate up the time that I had. Did, uh, were you able to find, like, like positive role models? Because um, I, I don't really know much uh, about your, your family life, but, uh, like, uh, what was your family like? Oh, yeah, I had a lot of positive role models. Uh, I had, like I said, growing up in church, there was always, I always had, like, uncles, quote-unquote uncles, quote-unquote, you know, people that just looked out for me. But, you know, my dad was in my life at the time. He wasn't necessarily a father, but he was definitely in my life. Um, he married my stepmom, and they had my two little sisters and my little brother. Um, I'm 13 years older. I'm 13 years the elder of the oldest sibling. So, um, and my mom married my stepdad when I was 13. My stepdad was an old school church type of pastor, been in the military for years, so it was different not having your father figure in the house and then immediately jumping to like the super most strict that you could have. Oh wow. Yeah, it was it was it was crazy and it was stressful and it was very wary on as a person. So like whenever you're you're growing up and you you have to be busy uh, to like stay like stay ahead of the game and stay away from all those things that can drag you down um, in life. Uh, like, what was your uh, like? What was going through your mind like mentally? Was, like, were you just like mentally exhausted like daily? No, it wasn't really a mental exhaustion. It was just the stress of everyday life. Like, what I was doing wasn't the uh, hard part the hard part was the stress of you know trying to keep up with the rules and regulations I'm pretty much like a military a man that was in the military that was just really hard um because i didn't grow up that way like I, my mom had rules rules and regulations so i would get in trouble but it was different when you have someone who's coming directly from the military giving you like the, this is how I want, like, do this, and then you do it how you know to do it, and it's wrong, and it was like consistently being in trouble, consistently being told you're wrong for something, it was just, and it wasn't, you know, looking back, he wasn't meaning it from a bad place, it's just, he, the, his mindset was completely different, so it was very stressful, pretty much trying to live my life to keep him happy. So I wouldn't be in trouble versus living my life for what I feel would keep me happy. So then there was a struggle of that and then my biological father, they were from the games. So again, still having mentors was fine, but it was, you know, do I listen to my dad, do I listen to my stepfather? And that was really where the stress was kind of coming from, like the 
pressure really started to kick in. I'm talking about at a, at a young age. It was probably you know, 14, 15 when it really started. And it was one of those things where it's like, man, how do I deal with this? Oh, yeah. Really, yeah. It, uh, yeah, usually, um, when you're that young and, like, that, uh, that depression kind of starts digging its claws into you, it's, it's very hard to differentiate, like, the right path on, like, how you can get out of it, so. Yeah, it was, it was, you know, that's actually what kind of pushed me to how I, my depression really just kicked in. That's really where it started. Um, not being able to you know, feel like I was free, feel like I was able to do certain things in life. Um, things like even listen to certain types of music, um, going certain places with friends. It wasn't that anything was negative. It was just if he didn't like it or didn't approve of it, it was an issue. So it was just things like that. Like I said, the stress between the two. It really does wear, it really wore me down a lot to where, granted, it wasn't like I was deprived, it wasn't like I was being confused, it was just a lot of stress, and when I would, you know, say, hey, I'm stressing, or hey, this is what the situation is, it was never, well, let's talk about your feelings, it's your child's and a child's place. Right, yeah, because around that time, it was, it was never something that we talked about, like, you... Yeah. It wasn't, you're right, we, we really didn't talk about it, just kind of dealt with it, and it sucks that, definitely with it at that time, there was really no answer for how to deal with it, because it came to a child, nothing's wrong, you're fine, you know, like, being told you're fine, when you know you're not, you're like one of the worst things. Oh yeah, it uh, it's one of those things where, when you're that age, and you're like, uh, and you, you get that, you know, that courage to be like, to say something like hey like i'm i'm in a bad place like i feel very depressed and then for it to be quickly shot down like oh you're fine you don't know what you're talking about it's very destroying of anything like any ability to even want to talk about it again yeah it, it, was, it was very tough and actually you know i never saw myself as a person that would ever think that i would be suicidal or a person that I would you know, do anything crazy but you know that's <laughs> fortunately and unfortunately that's not where life took me you know, I ended up having suicidal ideation and it wasn't like you know oh I just I don't want to be here it's just it felt like you know it's, it's hard to live every day consistently thinking you're a failure Oh yeah, I man. I, I hard doing that. Oh yeah, it is. Uh, I, I, I've done. I lived that for like most of my life up until like last year. So yeah, I get it. It's it sucks. Um, yes, it does. I mean, and that's not even the right wording. I mean, there's really no other word that can really come to mind that gives the what it was and justice. Like, <laughs> and it's like it's weird because it's like you can go on, you can function, but. It's like, eh, life has to be better than this. There's no way that this is it. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Because, uh, like, you think to yourself, this, there's got to be something better. There's this, this cannot be it. You're right. I mean, it's this is not how my life is supposed to be. And you just, you think it, and you 
but you're lost on ways to make it uh, better uh-huh. because you're so entrenched in the darkness that you don't, you're not even looking for a light. You're just fumbling around. Uh-huh. And that's the hard part about it. Is that, you know, when you sit there and you're, and you, so you said darkness, and it's kind of crazy because I had this theory a while ago that even when you're in the dark, you can still see. It's just hard to see. So the way I describe it to someone is imagine being in the dark where you can barely see, but now you have to run to save your life. Ooh. It's kind of all, it's like, okay, it's dark, there's obstacles in the room, now you need to get away from me to save, to save your own life, you gotta get away from me. So it's like, you're trying, but if you don't really pay attention, when you're in the dark, you can't look directly at something to see, it's like you kind of gotta look away, and then it becomes more clear. So it's like you have to do more work, it's hard, it's just it's not fair. Oh. And a lot of people don't get to express that. Oh, no, no, you're right. Um... And you're a lot like me in the sense that, like, I've I've known you to be very um, helpful to uh, the people around you, and knowing that you come from like a like a church background and stuff like that, that it definitely definitely shows. Um, but more so, like the fact that you, like that good person in you, um, does that like is that your way of like trying to overcome the depression or is it just your way of distracting yourself from being depressed? It was kind of a, it was a, it was multiple things. Like the, the, the main thing was I wanted to occupy that time. So in 2015, I started working at Hundred Houses. Like music was helping, but I wanted more of an outlet. And you know, acting at Hundred Houses was, was my thing. I was like, you know what, this is cool. I get to Express myself, create things, yell, scream, and not be judged for it. That was really the first thing. But being there for people was important to me as well, too, because I know what it's like to not have someone there. I know what it's like to not have a listening ear. I know what it's like to want to to speak to someone, but no one is willing to listen or you're told, eh, be quiet. So it's not, it's not fun. It's not a being there for people that was my thing. I did want to express, you know, I'm always listening here. Um, I feel like being helpful is something that should be mandatory for people. Um, there's, you know, the Bible is full of many parables, but there's one in there when it talks about giving. And it says, give when you don't have it, you give get a bigger blessing that way. And I'm not giving for the blessing. I'm giving because it's needed. Like, I'm not going to be like, I don't want to do this and look for something to return. I'm going to do it because you genuinely need this. So that's why I'm giving to you. You need this more than I do. You need to be heard right now more than I need to speak. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to listen to you. So you can speak. Because this may be the moment that saves your life. Oh, this yeah. may be the moment that you, know, you were stressing me, didn't know what you were going to do. And oh, someone who I don't even know decided to listen to me. Someone I don't know decided to pay attention to me. Or someone I do know who I didn't know came. Oh, yeah, dude. That is, uh, 
that's actually one of the reasons why like I started this uh this podcast was because um I'd been I, like you I'd been like anytime somebody needed something you know, like whether it was a lending ear or just a kind word or a gesture or or something like I uh that's what I did like I, I don't I don't like praise I don't like people paying that much attention to me so like but like I we all have a platform um, and some people's are larger, some people's are smaller. And like, I figure, you know, the best thing that a person that wants to make the world better, like whether it's a large scale or a small scale is by like sharing somebody's story or helping somebody out. Like if somebody hears this, your story and makes a change in their life because they heard your story then that's that's the ultimate goal i mean that's that's what i want and so like so i love hearing that i mean i love hearing people have that mindset it's the same mindset that i have so um and what's sad in this world is not a lot of people are willing to do that they're always it's that instant gratification if i help this person they're going to thank me and that's not what it's about never help for thanks. You never help for recognition. It's not genuine at that point. A lot of you're right. A lot of people do have that mindset where I'm going to do this to get this from it. And it's like, excuse me, the only thing you should get from it is the satisfaction knowing that you help someone. Oh, yeah. That's it. The only thing you should know is that, hey, I help make a difference. Because when you get to that mindset of, oh, I did it to get help, it's like, eh, not worth it. That's yeah. not worth it at all. No, that's it's not. No, it's not. Um, when you were finally out on your own as a uh, as a young man in the world, um, going to college, uh, that, I think that's I think that's whenever I met you. Um, yes. Uh, what was what was life for you then? What was what was it like for you? So, 
just shows a lot about who you are as a person. What are your morals going to be? And for me, you know, I stuck to my morals, even being away from home. Um, being on my own, it was, you know, you had those original fears. It's a little scary, but it wasn't anything that I couldn't handle. Um, I ended up, you know, everyone does the whole, you know, you date, you date around, you have fun, you go out, you party, yay, but at the end of the day, I still know, I still knew that I had to take care of my, my mental health and my responsibilities. Yeah, what was uh initially whenever you got down to Mississippi? What was uh was the first thing that you noticed uh, that you weren't used to? The culture shock was just the way people carried themselves, the way that the way they spoke, the way they dressed, just everything, like the weather, just everything. It was just, it was it was different. Like you almost have to relearn how to be yourself, like. Down there, the manners, like, Southern hospitality is not just an urban legend. It's a real thing. Like, I was moving into my first dorm for band camp. Um, the uh, section that I was in, the section leader, um, dude from Memphis, so, you know, I'm almost a guy, but, you know, smokes, drinks, sags. And then my mom walks in to bring in some stuff from the van, helping me move in down there, and he stops cursing, pulls his pants up, puts what he was smoking out, and was, yes ma'am, yes ma'am, yes ma'am, yes ma'am, but was all yes ma'am to my, my mom. And as soon as she left, he went back to what he was doing. I'm like, yo, that would happen in Omaha. <laughs> No. That, would, that wouldn't happen up there. Like, you would have just kept cussing. I'm like, bro, that's my mom. What are you doing? But he was respectful. It was weird. Not saying the respect was weird, but I was like, I'm not used to someone stopping cursing to be respectful to an adult that's fine. No, um, no, you're um, right. Yeah, that, uh, that, that wouldn't happen around here. Not, <laughs> not at all. And then the, the food was different. It takes a lot better. Uh, what else was coming major? No. I know the food, the manners. Probably uh, the biggest, the biggest, biggest thing, though, was how people how people express themselves when it came to, like, uh, how would it make sense for someone from the Midwest to understand what I'm going to say? <laughs> how they express themselves when it came to family? Everybody is related to somebody somehow, even though they're not related. Like, here, like, oh, yeah, that's my brother, that's my cousin. But down there, it's like, oh, yeah, that's my, that's my second cousin on my auntie's side from my brother's for my brothers now. Like, what? And they, they like, they, they live by that. Here, we don't use the word kin. They use the word kin down there. Say, I'm so kin, man. But somehow, like, what? You, you are? Oh, okay. And then everything closed early as well, too. 
Oh, wow. What I'm talking is one of the craziest is like how you can, how we used to be able to go to Walmart at like 2 in the morning. Yeah, Walmart closed at 11 p.m. down there. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that would, uh... Yeah, uh, well, you know, I know a little bit about the whole Mississippi background because uh, my two boys' mom is originally from Mississippi. So, like, sh- there's a lot of that in that comes out in her every once in a while. So, like, I do get exposed to that. And, like, every once in a while, um, her accent slips out, especially, like, when she's tired and stuff like that. So, like, it's, uh, it's one of those, like, whoa, what's going on now? <laughs> so... Uh, so, um, with, uh, with college, you know, comes, like, a lot, a lot more stress in your life, um, and, you know, obviously, girls, you know, because let's face it, got a guy, girls are stressful as fuck, (laughs) um, what's, uh, like, are, are you still, are you still, like, getting the glass, the grasp of depression in you around this time? Not now, I mean, I'm, I'm, no one's ever completely uh, in control of it, but I have a better grasp on it now than I ever had. But, you know, there are stresses where, you know, my, my biggest thing is failure. I don't like being a failure. I don't like putting my best foot forward and not being, not having enough of myself to be like, uh, I should have done this. I should have done that and live in that moment. I don't like living in the moment of failure. And there are some people that are opposite where they feel they have to bask in it and understand why and discuss it. And I'm like, I'm the complete opposite. I recognize I messed up. I recognize the failure. Instead of living in it, I say, okay, let's uh, figure out what I need to do to get better at this. Let's figure this out. And I never can. Yeah, um, I've always noticed that you're n- you're not one of those uh, gonna dwell on on failure for too long. You're gonna like, all right, well that fucking sucks. Let's do it yeah. again. <laughs> yeah, there's no need to continue on why it did it. Like, it just sucks. Just just realize that it sucks. It sucks. Move on. Do better. And call it a day. Like that's just how I am. So that's how I handle it now. So I'm not stressed to the point of how do I function. But there have been a lot of stressful situations where I know had I not gone through the things that I had been through before, I would not be able to function. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I know that for a fact. I know. I, I completely agree because uh, one of the many... Uh, um, things that has been often said uh, on this show has been that if uh, if you didn't go through that, I wouldn't be here where I'm at right now. And where I'm at right now is on my way to who I'm supposed to be. So if you don't have these failures, um, then you really don't appreciate uh, the journey. Correct. And I'd never, I'd never be here. You know, that, I can't agree with that statement enough. I'd never be where I am if you're working for, you know, trying to commit suicide twice or living through, quote-unquote, what I call hell. 
or the mistakes that I made within relationships or going through the craziness that had me depressed, like, why am I here? What is this? I want to be here, so. So, um, you mentioned the, uh, the, the twice failed suicide attempts. Um, your first one, um, do you remember what all, what all was going on around that time and what, yeah, uh, it was, it was the stress from, from the two father situation. It was you know, living every day, feeling like I'm a failure, living every day, trying, I think it wasn't like I was waking up to be happy. It was like, all right, you're waking up to make sure somebody else is pleased with how you're living your life. And that's hard. That's hard to do. It's hard to say, okay, here's how I'm going to live my life. And here's what I'm going to do to keep somebody else happy. It's, it's hard doing that as a, every day as a teenager. You're supposed, to be, you're supposed to be playing video games, listening to music, hanging out with friends, doing sports. Nah, I was worried about how am I going to keep somebody else happy. How am I going to do that? How am I going to not get in trouble today? It was stressful. And the first time was... Um, I knew my mother had some prescription pills, and I was like, all right, well, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do this. And one night, I decided, all right, here we go. And I took them and went to sleep and thought that, okay, yep, this is it. I'm not going to wake up. And I was happy with that. And I woke up with diarrhea. Like okay, that's up. And I, I, I was for sure like that was that's what was gonna happen. I woke up with a stomach ache and diarrhea. I'm like this is stupid. So I right, whatever. And then like a few months goes by, and end up going through more situations. So I was like, all right, well, let's figure this out. I'll be all right. I'll be all right. I'll be all right. Nope, I'm not all right. And I knew a friend who had a, who had a pistol. I said, all right, well, I know how this is going to work. And when I tell you God works in serious ways, um, I went to where I knew I was going to do it. It was a place I always hung out. Um, I figured, let me do this. I'll go to the river. I'll be there. No one's really going to know where I am. I didn't want, like, pain or suffering for anyone, but again, that was my selfish mentality at the time. And I fired one shot into the, uh, the river and I said, all right, well, that's the last thing I'm going to hear. And then I fired, I went to do another one with it to my head and did not, it, the gun then fired.
eating and really made that my everyday thing. I made that my process of how I believe I should live. And it made life worth it. That's when I started being happier. That's when I started having more success. That's when issues with the parents weren't necessarily a thing. Uh, I just felt better. Still went through a lot of stress, but I felt better. Wow. That is a, a definitely a um, one of those God's little tricks that he always has up his sleeve. Um, oh, yes, plenty of them. Oh, yeah. Um, so, you go through all that. I mean, and this is, might be the only time in life where I say, hey, congratulations on failing twice. No, no, I, <laughs> I get it. Trust me. I'm, I, I appreciate it. I'm grateful for it. Yeah. Um, so... Music. Um, you, you talked about uh, music and um, how much impact or how much of a blessing is music to you? Music is huge to me. Music is one of those things where you really, when you realize that these aren't just songs, that this is somebody's heart, this is somebody's mindset poured into what they feel, they, the message that they want to get across, you listen to it a little bit differently, especially when you've gone through things. And I feel like my blessing with music really just came from understanding music because I went through things. Like, I'll give an example with everything crazy going on right now. Michael Jackson, they don't really care about us. People may understand it more now than they would two weeks ago because they're living what he's talking about. The fact how you can hear a song and not know what it really means, and then you go through a bad breakup, and now I don't know where Tennessee whiskey makes sense. But 12 hours ago, it didn't. That's just how it was with me. I really connected with music, and I was able to zone out and just be in a different world when it came to music. They also tied into, you know, me with DJing as well. I loved music so much that, you know, DJing kind of came natural. I felt like, oh, this is something that I should be doing. It wasn't a question. I was like, I should be doing this. So I took the time to learn, took the time to study, get equipment, and really just divulged in the culture of music. And it wasn't just one specific type, like there's some I don't listen to there. You know, I was never a blues person. Then I understood what blues meant when I went to Mississippi. The home of the blues. I understood it now. Like, I did what they said by one room stack. So I can listen to it now because I can relate to it. I know what you're talking about. No, yet uh, I, I agree. It's... it's uh... Music has always been one of those things to me where I may never understand what happens in this fucking world that we live in, but for those, like, three, four, six-minute songs, you know, like, I get a better grasp of at least my part of the world. And, like, I, I can understand some of it. Um, rather, it's a breakup or, like, something that's going on in the world, like you said, um... 
I, I've always kind of viewed as um, one of my favorite songs of all time is Louis Armstrong's What a Wonderful World. And to me, that song is how I view the world that I wish that we could have, you know? So I, with all this craziness, like I keep replaying that song in my head, trying to get to like, trying to make sense of why everyone else doesn't see uh, what I see, like whenever I hear this song. So yeah, I, I get it. It's uh, what's the, uh, what's the one song in your, uh, in your life that like, it just really like you hear it and you stop and you think of like all the blessings that came into your life. Um, it would probably be there's 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 three. Okay. So the first one is my testimony by Marvin Gaye. It's a gospel song. It literally embodies. You no, know, there's there's the words like the first part of the song is so glad I made it. I made it through. In spite of the storm and rain, heartache and pain, I'm still alive declaring that I made it through. I didn't lose experience loss at a major cost, but I never lost faith in you. So if you see me cry, it's just a sign that I'm still alive. I've got some scars, but I'm still alive. That part right there really just defines, like, hey, these scars come from my testimony. This is how I made it to where I am, and I'm proud of my scars. I'm proud to say, hey, this is what went on with me. I'm proud to say it. I'm proud to be where I am. So it would be that one. Um, it would be that. It would probably be the second one in a weird way, but um, Welcome to the Terror Dome by Public Enemy. Okay. Um, it's different, but you just you understand the music, the, the meaning behind it, it's about the fight and the struggle that you can have on a daily, but in the same token, it's more of the terror dome. Welcome to the fight. Welcome to welcome to making it happen, Captain. This is what we're doing. You hear the fight or what's going on? So those two mainly. And then um uh, a song by Jesse J. Uh, Who You Are by Jesse J. Is a very good, empowering look at where I am. So those those three songs, just off the top of my head, are some of those that just like when you hear them, really, you know, Welcome to the Terror Dome is more of a, all right, let's get the fight going type of song. The gospel one is a, you know, we're here, this is where you made it from, and the Jesse James, you know, sometimes it's a, you need a moment to know it's okay to come. Okay. I, well, you know, like, I, I've, I obviously have heard the, uh, the Public Enemy song. Um, that's, of course, I was really, really young, and, like, like, it's, a young white kid, like I don't know shit about yeah, like <laughs> urban youth. I mean, like I like I've had you know like like around that time I've had like a handful of uh, African American friends, but like at that time and in my life I never really knew like the struggles of the 
uh, of uh, the black man. So I was uh, never really educated because you're like I live in small town USA, so like I'm I'm not exposed to much of it. But everyone I, I was around was always very kind. Like never really got brought up. So like I'm listening to Public Enemy or like like Tupac or or Biggie, and I'm like, all right, like I don't know what the hell they're talking about, but it sounds like it's horrible. <laughs> So. And, and it's like, and it's it's crazy because, like, first one of the greatest ones still that I mean, I had a conversation. It was of course in spite of it, in lieu of everything going on right now, they were talking about NWA Funk the Poses. and I had to explain to somebody what that song actually meant and the time frame of when the song was made and why this song was so iconic and why this group has so much respect. So having that mindset and then going back and listening to the song is like, oh, I never thought about it like that. Like, in fact, you just hear the song. You don't hear, you just hear the song. You don't hear the music. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that's, uh, there's a lot of, a lot of that, a lot of truth in, in, um, not just like the, uh, that song but like maybe like a like a like a speech or a uh, or a poem yeah. or anything like you hear the words but you're not hearing the meaning mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot of stuff that embodies that but sticking with the music in where i can say something and it may not matter anything to you now because you don't know what it means but it doesn't matter to you now. It doesn't matter to you now. So you end up looking at it like, okay, well, whatever. And then you understand what this means because, oh, you may have been pulled over by the police and racially profiled. Or so you didn't know what it means when he said face down on the curb. Like, you didn't be like, why would your face feel the curb? Now your face is spinning the curb. In a heartbreak song, you don't know what it means by you're as smooth as Tennessee whiskey. And then it's like, you know, you don't realize what that means. You don't, you don't realize it. You don't, you don't look at it from the standpoint of why is he saying you're as smooth as Tennessee whiskey? Why is he saying that? And then you look at it from, oh, you're smooth as Tennessee whiskey because if you never drank, you don't know that Tennessee whiskey is smooth. So then you take that drink of Tennessee whiskey and you're like, oh, Tennessee whiskey is smooth. Oh, I get it now. Now I see why you're saying you're as smooth as Tennessee whiskey. You're as sweet as strawberry wine. I get it now. Okay, this makes more sense. So now you get, okay, well, the reason this is that way is because well, why are you saying, you know, that you're drunk with love? I don't get what that means. And then you look at it and go, ah, I get what it means now. I get what it means to say you're drunk with love. I get what it means to say that you're so heartbroken that X, Y, Z. It's just you have to be in that situation that time for the so, You know, you're public enemy. Not really understanding what they meant. Now looking at it from a different standpoint, you'll go, oh, okay. Now I know what bring the noise means. 
you may not have known what it meant before, but when someone says bring the notice, ah, okay, got it now. Wow. See, I'm learning so much from you because, like, like, well, I mean, in a sense, like, you know, you've spent, like, much of your life, like, just obsessed with music and and the meanings and, and, like, and the way, like, music can, can change an atmosphere. And for, and, like, there's certain parts of, like, some songs that, like, I can, I can understand that, but, like, there's a lot of things that, like I'm le- that I'm hearing from you that I'm like that's mind blowing me right now, man. So <laughs> that's uh yeah, that, that's that's awesome. Is an international language. Oh yes, I I definitely agree. Um. So you you mentioned like the haunted house thing. I always wanted to know uh when did like when did this like haunted house thing start for you? Uh, it was 
uh, inside yourself. Uh, is that fair to say? Um, would you... Would you say that, like, your... Your life... Is... Somewhat better than it it, it could have been? Yes. Um, I've always said I know for a fact that it, I would have never gotten to the point of learning myself. I wouldn't be where I am in the sense of I wouldn't be where I am in the sense of knowing how to handle tough situations. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be there. Okay. I would, and it sucks. Yeah. Um. What What's the uh, What are you like the most appreciative about in life right now? Outside of life itself, it would probably be. The fact that I know I've changed lives. The fact that I know my story meant something to someone. Um, the fact that I know I've stopped suicide attempts from kids, from teenagers, from jobs that I've been at. And the fact that I know that eventually someone's going to want to, someone's going to want to hear my story for the purpose of, I Absolutely. Um, like, I, I think I've said many times, there's a lot of similarities between the two of us in, in that sense that we want nothing more in this life other than to um, see other people thrive, see other people survive and realize that they are just as amazing as we see them and they just have to see that themselves. Um, so for, for my listeners, um, that, uh, that, that are listening, um, if you were to tell them anything, what would it be? Never quit. Never quit and never doubt yourself because the only way to surely fail is to quit. That's the only way to fail is to quit. You, if you want to get something done, keep at it, keep trying and know that what you do makes a difference. Okay. What you do makes a difference no matter what. Absolutely. Um, I, I've I've been blessed to to know that I've uh, I've I like yourself have been able to talk someone out of suicide, and to me, it was the most um, it was that ultimate high. You know, like, you know, like in wrestling or in, in anything, you know, like we're always chasing that 
you know, that, that feeling, you know, that, that high, um, to me, like saving someone from themselves or saving someone from, from them killing themselves is, it's a way better feeling. Um, I, like, I don't know, like, about you, but, like, it was one of those feelings, like, for me that I got, I couldn't sleep, like, after, like, helping, uh, the people that I have, like, it took me, like, days, because I had that adrenaline rush of, like, oh my god, I can't believe that's, ha that happened, so. It's, a, it's an amazing feeling, and I think there's people who have, there are people who have had um, situations where they situations where you know they they help someone who has attempted suicide or is in the process of it or having one of those suicidal moments and you help someone change their mind. But it's completely different when you've been there, so you know what that means. Oh. Like it's 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 a completely different feeling. And the feeling of satisfaction is a million times greater when you know, hey, I helped someone who felt like I felt or worse. Because it's not guaranteed how someone felt. Oh, yeah. You just know that they felt a certain way. Yeah, it's, it, is a, it is a powerful thing. Um, and I, like, I know that... Uh, I know that it's uh it, it life is just so tough and it's and um especially like I've I've often said that like mental health depression um like all these problems that one can have in the mind it's not a race thing everyone has it and um the only way that we can beat it is like banding together like we truly are stronger together um, and that's not just like a life, that's not just a mental health thing, that's also a life thing, too, so, um... That's what I was going to say, that's a, that's a life thing. You know, there are people that don't get it, that you have to be there. Someone that I've always admired is, I consider this man a brother, and that's uh, King Iso. He signed with Strange Music, like, uh, around a year ago. And his entire message is mental health. Everything needs a mental health, mental health awareness, mental health awareness. Keep the triggers identified. Mental health, mental health, mental health. And it's that way because he has struggled with mental health issues. So why not use a platform that you're involved with now? Why not use that platform to spread the message of positivity and mental health? So he does that. Me with haunted houses. Music as well, but more so behind the house with my character Scott the Clown. I always preach on mental health. I always do. I will never stop. That's something I will never do is stop speaking about mental health. God bless you for it. So I appreciate it. Alright, so we got uh, about seven minutes left of recording time. Um, is there anything that you want to like promote or because uh, this will go out in it'll be next month whenever it goes out do you have anything coming up in july yes actually i have a lot i, I can push and plug for days so first and foremost 
if um, anyone that's listening, if you ever need an ear to listen, search me on Facebook. It's Jim Lamore, and that's L-A-M-O-R-R-E. Search me on Facebook. Send me a message. Say, hey, I heard from the podcast. Um, love to hear more about your story, or you have questions, or you want some insight on something. By all means, please reach out to me. Um, my character, Scab the Clown, um, please go give him a like and a follow on Facebook. It's simple Scab the Clown, like like a scab that you pick. Yep, that's his name, Scab the Clown. So go do that. Um, the Instagram, Twitter, what is it? Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat is all the same. The Doc Beat Box. So I'm going to say it slow because I know people are going to be like, what? T-H-E-B-O-C-B-E-A-T-B-O-X. That's all social media platforms. Um, in July, I will be acting at uh, Hollow's Inn Scare Factory in uh, Ash Flat, Arkansas, for their Red, White, and Bloody event. Um, ironically, uh, they decided for me, uh, as an old to me, they're huge fans of mine. They decided that they were going to do um, all the proceeds from that weekend are going to go toward mental health. Um, they're donating it for a suicide prevention. Awesome. So that's huge for me. I did not ask them to do that. They decided to do that on their own. Sweet. So I'm making sure no matter what that I am down there. That is something huge that will, I will never be able to to repay them for that. That that's um, all, that's awesome. Other than that, uh, yeah, that's that's what July holds. Pretty much, that's all the most that's all we're doing this month. Oh, awesome. Um, well, you know, Jim, thanks, dude. It's it's still very weird to call you Jim. Beef. <laughs> Right. Oh, so, yeah, so to fill you in on all of that, uh, the official name has been Con Artiste. People, people are confused. He called me Beef because for the years of wrestling, when I first started off when I was green, and I mean super duper green, like Green Ranger green, like, oh my gosh, he's here, but you're green. Uh, I uh, wore an Omaha Beef Arena football team jersey. So yes. people just call me Beef because the jersey said Beef. So I was cool. Plus, if you look at me, I mean, now I am 5'11 and a half, and I weigh 329 pounds. Yeah, yeah. So you, I'm a pretty beefy guy. You are, yeah. You, you're living up to that name now, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but, yeah, it's, it's too many names. Oh, yeah. Well, anyway, um... I'm definitely gonna get on a pro wrestling tease to get your con artiste T-shirt. So there's some. I love it. I appreciate it. There's a cheap little plug for you on that. But dude, thanks <laughs> so much for coming on the show. And I'm gonna tell you, you have an open invite anytime you want to come on. Uh, I would love to have you. Uh, I it's always great talking to you. Um, but dude, I love you and uh, be safe. And thanks very much for coming. Yes, sir. I love it. I appreciate the opportunity. I appreciate everyone for tuning in. Uh, always be there for your friends and family. And I got to get you on one of my uh, Facebook lives for Scap the Cloud sometime soon. Uh, dude, you, you know what? Uh, for you, I will. But like, I have a huge fear of clowns, and I fight. Oh, Scap is cool. He's a 
good guy. You love it. All right. Yeah, I, I, I'll believe you this one time. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate it. All right. Thanks very much, brother. I'll talk to you later. Right. Thank you, Justin. All right. Later. Well, I want to thank Jim, James, Jimothy? No, that doesn't sound right. Office humor. <laughs> no, seriously, I want to thank Jim for coming on the show. It's been such a long time since I've had an opportunity to really see him. Uh, we interact with each other, like on Facebook and like Instagram and stuff like that. Um, but uh, it's good to see how there's amazing people in this world and jim is one of them he has chose to use his um his gifts uh that the good lord gave him and um took all those failures and all those all the all that blinding pain that he went through and all that stress and he's used it to his advantage and he's truly rose up from uh from the depths from depths of hell to um to get uh to get where is that uh i mean just to just the way that he spoke about about music and like really listening to the the music and not just hearing the lyrics um it's i think this you know it's it's a hell of a lot like life um this this world is already scary enough um and the fact that Jim and I both agree that um, we are always stronger together, better together, because uh, this life we're only given such a short amount of time, and um, for all those guys and girls out there that just are at their lowest, I hope you drew some inspiration from Jim's story and the way the way Jim talked about things and he's an amazing man and uh just like all of you you, you guys are all amazing um every single one of you I know it's hard sometimes to really think that you are and maybe life is beating you down but you're not really truly defeated if you don't give up as long as you're as long as you keep going as long as you start believing in yourself as long as you believe you know there was that Nike commercial so last year a couple years ago with Colin Kaepernick of believe in something even if it means sacrificing everything if you truly believe in yourself and what you want in life, you can do it. It sacrifice those relationships that aren't healthy for you. Sacrifice those toxic people. Sacrifice that that toxic job. You know that lifestyle that you that you're living. That relationship that you're in. If you truly believe that you have earned better in life. Because I don't believe anybody deserves anything. I feel like you earn it. You earn what you what you get in life. And if you want something, 
You go out there and you earn it. You earn love on your terms, not anybody else's. You earn respect on your terms, not anybody else's. Life is short. Time is fleeting. This world is yours for the taking. No matter what, don't give up on yourself. Just don't quit. You're all better than that. So thanks very much, Jim, for coming on. I, uh, I truly appreciate you, man, and uh, everything about your story is inspiring to me as a person, as a Christian, and as a man. Um, the things that you go through in life, uh, not just you, but others, the things that you all go through in life is it's not blinding to me anymore. In the, in the process of this interview, I kind of... Jim had had a nice little way of opening my eyes to things that I may not have ever known, not just about him, but in about people in general. So I want to thank him for that. Um, it was truly a blessing to have him on my show, to have him in my life. He is a... Like I said, I, don't, I can never truly not praise that man... Uh, as a true blessing to this world um, and personally I hope every, he gets everything that he's ever wanted um, but first and foremost I know he just truly enjoys being able to save somebody from themselves so if you draw anything from this story from this interview this show and you need somebody Jim's a per great person to reach out to, so reach out to him. Reach out to somebody, if not him, and just talk. It's it's okay to open up, and I uh, I encourage you all. And uh, as we end the shows these days, it's time for our moment of zen this quote is by Tupac Shakur to me the greatest rapper to ever live he says I know it seems hard sometimes but remember one thing for every dark night there's a bright day after that so no matter how hard it gets stick your chest out Keep your head up and handle it. I am Shannon Stanford. This has been In Your Head with Shannon Stanford. And um, like I said, many times on many different shows, I appreciate every single one of you for going on this journey with me. The guests that I've had, keep your heads up. Because there ain't nothing in this life that we can't defeat together. Love, peace, and chicken grease. I'm out.